elaborate and explain to you why in a moment. But I want you to catch that I'm using the word in a prayer. That means in a very specific prayer and the power that lies in that specific prayer. Over the past couple of days, uh, we've, we've um, run into some issues with the uh, air condition in my daughter's room. And uh, what had happened was, um, we would hit the, 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 the on button, but the aircon will not come on. For whatever reason, it would just not switch on. And so we would try and try and try over and over and over again. I better get my timer on. Because you know what happens, right? You end up staying here until 9.30. <laughs> and so, uh, uh, you know, we were, we were trying to switch it on and, and it just wouldn't work. And so, uh, what we have is one of those universal remote controls. It's not the original that goes with the aircon. And so, how many know when you have a universal remote control, there's like 38 different aircon uh, recognition codes on a singular remote. So you have one remote, but that same remote can be used on maybe like 30 different brands of aircons. And so what happens is, after a while, it no longer seems to sync any longer. And so you've got to reset it, you've got to get it back on the right code, and when you get it on the right code, you, you will hear this beeping sound, tirit, and then you know, okay, that's the code, and the aircon comes on. And the reason I share that with you is because we tried many ways to switch it on. We tried many ways to turn it off, but it just never worked until we got the right code. And so this is important for us to know because what I'm preaching to you on tonight is an answer or rather it's, an, it's a mystery that has boggled my mind for a long time and I've always wondered about this mystery in the kingdom of God. Hear me carefully tonight. Just like that aircon that had a code to switch the aircon on, or that remote that had a code, the same is true, there is a code that unlocks God in answering your prayers. There are things that God is moved by, there is a code in the Word of God, and we're going to look at that in a moment, that causes God to respond to your prayer. Now, as I said, I'm not preaching a sermon I've called the power in prayer because that is oftentimes a subject we touch on. But think with me. Give me your attention for a few moments and just think with me. It's not a long sermon. It's a very short sermon. But I want you to think with me here. How is it possible how is it possible in its mind-boggling, staggering reality, how is it possible that one prayer can change the trajectory of your entire life? Have you thought about that? Have you actually thought about it? I mean, think about it. You, you come to church and you give your life to Jesus. 
you say a sinner's prayer, Father, forgive me for the sin I have committed. And you stand up from that altar, you walk away a completely changed person. How can one prayer carry such a magnitude of power? I want you to think with me. Because this is so intriguing that it is beyond human comprehension that some verbal words spoken, are you hearing me tonight? Some verbal words spoken can change your entire life. How is that possible tonight? That a person can pray for healing, verbally speak those words, and that person get healed. How is it possible that a person can pray a sinner's prayer and walk out the doors of the church a completely different person, a person who no longer has a desire to sin anymore? How is it possible that a person can literally pray for a need and in the next moment, God answers that need? Have you thought about that? You're not powerful, neither am I. It is those words of prayer that you verbalized and you spoke that made a drastic difference in your life. And so I want to talk to you and preach to you tonight a sermon that I've called Power in a Prayer. Because we understand that it is undeniable that prayer indeed is a powerful weapon, but the staggering reality is that we have the privilege to pray and to see something change that is beyond me tonight. James 5, 17 to 18, look, look at this. this. This will solidify what I'm saying, and then you get ready to go with me to 1 Kings 18. Uh, uh, but don't miss that. If you, if you can't flip long fast enough, write it down and then we'll have the scriptures up here. But I want you to read it with me. James 5, 17 to 18. Look at this. Elijah was a man with a nature like ours. And he prayed earnestly that it would not rain. And it did not rain on the land for three years and six months. And then he prayed again. And the heavens gave rain. And the earth produced its fruit. Fuyo! He prayed only all the... Have you wondered? Wow! What kind of power I have been given? So, let me start out by saying, I don't understand why Christians don't pray. If there's so much of power in it, that a man can pray and rain can come, and a man can pray and rain can stop, can you imagine the power of prayer? So let's go to 1 Kings chapter 18, verses 41 through 44. The Bible says, Then Elijah said to Ahab, Now Ahab is King Ahab. What does he say to him? Go out, eat and drink, for there is the sound of abundance of rain. So Ahab went up to eat and drink, and Elijah went up to the top of Carmel, 
Then he bowed down on the ground and put his face between his knees and said to his servant, Go up now, look toward the sea. So he went up and looked and said, There is nothing. And seven times he said, Go again. Then it came to pass the seventh time that he said, There is a cloud as small as a man's hand rising out of the sea. So he said, go up and say to Ahab, prepare your chariot and go down before the rain stops you. So the first myth we need to address tonight is that prayer is not a magic wand. Right? Elijah didn't pray and then all of a sudden, a rain came. The Bible says very clearly here, and we'll talk about that in the middle of this message. The Bible makes it very clear. When Elijah prayed, he turned to his servant and he told his servant, I want you to go look. I want you to see if the rain has come. I want you to go and I want you to look towards the sea. And his servant goes, he looks and what does the servant say? No, the rain hasn't come. Nothing. It's no change. It's the same. Much like sometimes we pray for people, right? Oh, it's the same. There's no difference. There's no difference. And so long story short, he does this seven times. Elijah would have his servant come back and what would Elijah do? He would pray again. And then he would go, he would come back, he would pray again. He would go, he would come back and he would pray again. It'll be like you, you know, hoping that, you know, somehow you will have miracle money in your bank account. And then you log in to Maybank to you. Chang, no. Okay, log out, honey. Let me pray again. And then, you know, go back in now. Okay, you know what? Father God, bless God. Send the money in, God. And then log in again, darling. Money that? No, seven times you did that. That's what Elijah did. He said, go check. Go check. And for seven times, there was no rain. But he prayed. And it was the prayer. You see, you see, this is what you're going to have to catch tonight. It was nothing else. He did the same thing. He didn't, he didn't retreat or say, you know what? Oh, maybe I should sit a different way. Or maybe I should stand a different way. Maybe I should say it a different way. No, no, no. The Bible says he prayed. That's all it says. And I'm convinced that by character, Elijah was a man who understood where he stood with God. And so it is clear, beloved, that he continually prayed the same way again and again and again. So listen to me carefully. Whether you pray one time or you pray seven times, the reason why the circumstances change is because of prayer. Amen. That was the only reason for Elijah when it was drought, when it was dry, when it was famine. The only thing that brought the rain was that Elijah prayed. And as we know, the Bible says after the victory on Mount Carmel, remember he called down fire from heaven. He saw revival, beloved. And then he goes and he presents himself to King Ahab. But Samaria at that time was undergoing a season of famine. And Elijah turns around to Ahab and he tells Ahab, go eat and drink. What does he say there? He says, because when you're gone, Elijah prays and rain comes. See, the text that we're reading here doesn't only expose the truth that God answers 
prayer. But it also exposes the profound truth of power that is found in a prayer. You see, the, the, the problem with our culture today is we pray one time, and when God doesn't move, we give up. And somehow we think we were the contributors to the success, or we are the reason why this thing happened or worked out. We think that somehow it is because of my genius or intelligence that, you know what, I was able to turn my circumstances around. And we will soon find out that the only thing that really changes our life is prayer. That is what I'm getting to. Listen carefully to me, beloved. The greatest transformation that happens is to a person who prays. Circumstances change. People change when they pray. Nothing else. You can be a carnal Christian. You can be a non-praying Christian. You can be a namesake Christian. God will always move upon a prayerful person beyond a prayerless person. That's Elijah right here. In other words, what are you saying, Pastor? I'm simply saying this. You can take this down. The odds are greater for the one who prays comparing to the ones who doesn't pray. Listen to me carefully. What are, what, what, what are we looking at? Or, or, or rather, the, the reality is the greater is it on the person who prays. The person who lays hold of God. And, and that person will see, beloved, a person who lays hold of a person who seeks God, a person who goes before God will see more of God than the person who doesn't pray. So the question then, listen, listen carefully to me. Would there be rain if Elijah hadn't prayed? See, this is what we believe sometimes, isn't it? Yeah, even if I didn't tithe, God will still bless me. Even if I didn't give, that deal would have come true. Even if I didn't pray, I would have succeeded in that. How many times we make that kind of excuse? Let me ask you something. If Elijah didn't pray that day, do you think it would have rained? Obviously not. The only thing that moved heaven to send rain was a man who prayed to God. Are, are you with? See, the odds that are against them, but the victory is always on their side. Would there be a drought, a, 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 a drought of a famine, a, a dry season if Elijah hadn't prayed? First John 5.14 Now this is the confidence we have in Him. If we ask anything according to His will, He hears us. That, that, that is the privilege that every believer has. That every time we pray, God hears us. Listen carefully to me. We're so caught up in God answering us. 
We're so caught up in God giving us a response. We're so caught up in God giving us a solution. We're so caught up in all of that. We fail to realize, beloved, that what really matters to God is that you must be confident enough that when you have laid your request before me, I've heard you. I'm not deaf. I'm not an idol. I'm not blind. I see. I know. You've laid your request before me. I get it. Let me answer in my time. Does that mean that, Pastor, we don't go back to God and persist? Does that mean we don't go back to God and say, God, I need you to help me in this day. God, I need you to hear me in this day. No, it doesn't mean that. God has told us in Luke chapter 18 that God honors persistence. God wants us to persist. God wants us to trust Him. God wants us to keep asking. What does the scripture say in Matthew 7, 7? Ask and it shall be. Given, knock and it shall be. Open, seek and you shall. Fine. Ask, seek and knock. Don't stop doing that. But what does scripture say? It says here, that even when you present your needs before God, let me ask you right now, are you confident that God hears you? Because when a person is confident, trust ensues. When a person isn't confident, they start taking matters into their own hands. So the question tonight is, are our prayers prayers of confidence before God, just like Elijah. You see, I'm confident, beloved, that none of our prayers are in vain. We've prayed for many things over the years, and I can tell you as I stand here, God has answered those prayers in many ways. God has shown us things. God has prepared our hearts. God has done the miraculous. I've always said to the church, sometimes God doesn't change the circumstances, but God changes the person who prays. See, at the end of it all, Prayer will always result in God's divine purpose. So let's then talk. Because earnest prayer will result in God's involvement. What moved God with Elijah? That's the question. What moved God with Elijah? You see, right here, it was Elijah praying earnestly. God steps in when we as His people begin to pray with the right attitude. Can I say that again? Prayer is not a monologue. Prayer is a dialogue. And we come to God in prayer as we humble ourselves with the right attitude. James 5.16 Look at what the passage says. Confess your trespasses to one another. Pray for one another that you may be healed. And what does it go on and say? The effective. Say effective with me. That means the, the impactful, the, 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 the most moving type of prayer, the most effective type of prayer, the most effective type of prayer, and the most fervent prayer is a prayer of a man who's right with God. Righteousness. 1 Kings 18.42, we read that earlier, but I want to highlight in verses 42, the Bible says, So Ahab went up to drink 
And when he went up to drink and eat, Elijah went up to the top of Mount Carmel. There he bowed down on the ground, put his face between his knees. Do you observe the position, the posture of this man? He laid before God. He made supplications before God. He postured himself as a man that was desperate before God. See, this is an image. This is a picture of a person who yearns and a person who understands God's divine ability. You know, a person who prays with fervency is a person who knows God very personally. Can I say that again? Because that confidence that you have in God leads you to a place that you start praying in such a way that your confidence, your trust, your hope, and all that you have in you is yearning for God. Not in what men can do for you, not in what people can do for you, but that your earnest cry to God is that you understand by conviction that only God can do something for you here. See, that's the kind of prayer that moves God. Can I make a statement to you tonight? You can measure a person's faith from the way they pray. I want to say that again. You can measure a person's faith by the way they pray. You know, Paul makes a statement in the book of Corinthians. He says, I cannot speak these things to you because you are carnally minded. There are some things in life we don't, cannot process. We cannot, you know, for some people, when I say that, you know, you know God in such a personal way, to me that is very real, but for some Christians, that is so foreign. The only way they know how to get a breakthrough is to bribe somebody. The only way they know how to be blessed is to cheat and lie and steal. The only way they know how to get any kind of thing going for them is by pulling some strings with people. And their confidence in God is at zero. But they seem to trust men. What men say. What people say. And right here, Elijah is showing us that by his prayer, his confidence was not in men. He was so certain that God, you will send rain. You will do a miracle. He was so confident in God that he prayed the third time and he still told his servant to go and check. He knew God will hear him. He wasn't going to go and tell King Ahab, bro, 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 listen, listen. Didn't work this time, man. Maybe next round. He didn't look for an excuse. He fought his battle. He said, no, I want you to move God. And he prayed. Third time, he didn't get Fourth time, he didn't. I, am, I am so amazed today that Christians give up so easily on prayer. 
One day we are high in the air. You know, oh, Jesus, help me. One day we're down in the valley. Christians are one of the most inconsistent. For Samuel 1.15, look at Hannah. The Bible says, but Hannah answered and said, No, my Lord, I am a woman of sorrowful spirit. I have drunk neither wine nor intoxicating drink, but I poured out my soul before the Lord. You know what Hannah is saying? She's saying, you know what? I'm in this posture. I'm in this spirit. I am crying out the way I'm crying out, not because I'm drunk, not because I'm in a, you know, had just consumed something intoxicating. I am in this state because I'm desperate. You know who else was desperate? Jesus. Luke 22, 44. Being in agony, he prayed. What, what does the Bible say? More? Huh? More earnestly. He prayed more earnestly. The word earnestness is the word that we derive and we define as praying with great conviction. That means you understand who God is. You understand that God is capable of doing a miracle in my circumstance. I don't need man's help. God is enough. There's a confidence, there's an earnestness. And he said he prayed more earnestly. That means he was not quitting. He was not giving up. He was not questioning the, the character of his father. Is he going to help me? Is he going to come through? Maybe I should call this Dato. Maybe I should call that Tansri. Maybe I should call this lawyer. Maybe I should call that doctor. Why don't you call on Jesus? He didn't go looking. That was his kind of confidence earnestly he had conviction god is going to do something he didn't question his father's character he didn't come against his father and say oh you know he doesn't care about me you know what hey peter peter let me tell you what peter you go get me a house get me a nice girl to marry uh, set me up i'll do this drama and i'll come there no 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 he was confident he was earnest are you with me tonight he was earnest. Are you earnest when you pray? Do you pray with such an earnestness, knowing that, you know what, nothing, no one, nothing can help me except God. And I am going to pray like that. So Elijah, just like Jesus, he displayed earnestness the bible says that he was earnest he was uh, uh, the, uh in in the book of james uh, uh we read just now he was a man uh, uh like na a nature like ours and then he went on and he said that he prayed earnestly that it would not so elijah prayed with earnestness are you with me he prayed with this conviction that god is going to come true i'm not doubting that i'm not quite Oh, I don't see it, but I'm going to pray like God is the only one I have. I don't see it, but I'm going to pray. I, I don't see my miracle, but I'm going to pray. We need men and women like that. 
who will pray seven times and not give up. Well, not, you know, oh, God didn't answer me. I'm so bitter and I'm upset God didn't move for me. I'm not coming to church. I'm not going to give. I'm not going to pray. I'm not going to, you know, be faithful anymore. We got to grow. So in our passage, not only do we see that he earnestly prayed, but the Bible says he was also fervent, which is what I've been saying from earlier, that there was a sense of fervency. He went back seven times. He didn't give up. But the third factor is, so there was earnestness, there was fervency, and there was faith. The three ingredients to move the heart of God. I, I want you to catch that, please. Please hear me right here. The three ingredients that would move the heart of God. And in this, Elijah acted according to his faith. Because as we spoke about earnestness, he believed with confidence his faith was in God that God will bring the rain. That the Bible says he looked at Ahab and what did he say? Go up and drink for there is a sound of abundance of rain. What does that sound to you like? But pastor, he's lying. Where got sound? No sound or so. Where the rain? Remember Noah was the same thing. Where's the rain? But what made Noah confident that the rain was coming? It was faith. The same is true with Elijah. It's faith. Let me ask you, what kind of faith do you have to speak into your circumstances? I can hear it coming. God's going to bless us. God's going to send revival. Or do you sit around and, and, and talk about, you know, oh, how bad my life is and how terrible things are, you know, and no, there's no future for me. There's no hope for me. Do we speak words of faith? You see, he told, he told Ahab, for there is a sound of abundance of rain, even when there was none. Yeah. That, now, that tells me, the Bible declares to us that without faith, it is impossible to please God. But what is faith, beloved? Faith is the substance of things hoped for. Yeah. The evidence of things not seen. Yeah. So Elijah spoke faith in his prayer. God, I speak souls into this church. God, I speak increase into this church. God, I speak financial breakthrough into this church. And I know it's coming, but how, pastor? Because the word of God is never going to lie to us. The Bible tells us that God will always take care of His house, right? God, the Bible tells us God will always be there for His children. And so this is the type of prayer that moves God. And when God's people stand in that kind of confidence without doubting, God acts on their behalf. You want to know a, a, a live example of this? Matthew chapter 9, there was a blind man. And, and there's a profound, profound text we find in this passage. And the words used here are so interesting that the Bible says, He touched their eyes. Do we have that, bro? Matthew 9.29 He touched their eyes saying, 
according to whose faith? Whose faith? Your faith. Let it be done to you. You know what he's saying? When you step out in faith, you know, there are people who respond in faith according to your faith. Let it be done. According, not my faith. You, you come to me, I pray for you. I believe God for you. I trust God for you. But it's according to your faith. Let it be done. I've seen this to be true. In the realm of finances, I've seen this to be true. In the realm of prayer, I've seen this. There are times you take a step of faith and you say, God, I am trusting you are going to do something super. And the Bible, and God says, according because you had faith and you took a risk. Let it be done for you. See, that's the challenge always in Christianity. It is to be a risk taker for God. It is to step out. It is Elijah standing on Mount Carmel. And as he's standing there, he's praying and no rain comes. And he says, no, 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 no. I'm going to trust. Oh, 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 Elijah, you're a false prophet. Who are you to say rain is coming? How many would have mocked Elijah that day? How many would have criticized him? Oh, you talk so much about church. You talk so much about going to church. You talk so much about being in church three times a week. You talk so much about praying. Has God blessed you? And they mock you. But how many know God never disappoints His children? What you sacrifice for God, God will always, always honor. See, these are attributes on our part. And these attributes, as I said, earnestness, fervency, and faith. Remember those three things, okay? So what I've done right here is I just told you the attitude we should come with in prayer. So whenever you pray, you should be praying with earnestness, with great conviction. No doubt, having no doubt that God, I'm praying for my healing. You are my healer. You will heal me. I know that. It's that kind of confidence. God, I have no doubt. You're my provider. You are going to provide. But obviously, like the Bible says, when you are righteous. Righteousness, and I'll preach a sermon in a while, but obedience, I say that a lot, but I don't end up preaching it. i got too many. It's obedience and, 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 what was it? No, not righteousness. Um, you know what? I'll preach it. <laughs> Venus got her pen out and she's about to write it. I, I, I forgot, I forgot. Sorry, Venus, I forgot. I'll, we'll, 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 I'll preach that. But the truth is, righteousness, obedience to God is what allows God to get involved in our life. So when Elijah prayed, you have to be certain, Elijah was a righteous man. He was right with God. That's why when he came to God with earnestness, he came to God with fervency. He came to God with faith. And God said after the seventh time, let it be done for my son. So then let's talk as we close tonight. Then what triggers that prayer 
to change the trajectory of a person. I mean, that is the mind-boggling question. How is it that I can come to church? How is it that I can simply sit here and pray? And that's, that prayer that I pray to God, God acts on that and boom, something happens. How come? How? Why? Why does that happen? Why does it happen for Elijah? Why he prayed and boom, something happened? Why did Jesus pray and something happened? There must be something about verbal prayer, something about verbatim, something about speaking out, something about conversing with God that literally does something in the miraculous. What are the dynamics at work? What is it in a prayer? I mean, I can stand before you Right? I can take gold dust and throw on you. And you'll walk out the same way you came in. In Jesus' name. Nothing. Nothing. Well, to start with, you pray in Jesus' name, which is the name that carries all authority. That is the one thing in a prayer that allows you to say something and God to move on your behalf. It is you coming to God and it is you saying to God, I am desperate for you to move in my circumstances and God in that communication steps in and now gets involved in your life. That is the thing that makes that prayer powerful and capable of changing everything. Jesus just got involved. Are you with me? See, I'm not talking about praying words because people pray, oh Lord, help me Lord. And, and I've seen so many people who don't pray. Are, are, I'm, I'm sorry to say this, but I've seen this so much, beloved. People who play with prayer, they don't take it seriously, always end up having problems in life. No dominion, no victory. There's depression. But when you pray, you're simply inviting God into your life. I know you expect a deep revelation, but that is the reality of what prayer really does. You know that day when Elijah prayed? You know what made the difference? God came down. God got involved. And who owns the heavens and the earth? It's not a trick question. Come on. Yeah, all are like, I'm scared to say the wrong. God! God owns it all. God, God, God. He owns it all. Who owns all the money in the world? Who owns Bank Nagara? God, God, I'm telling you, it's God. 
He doesn't just own Bank Nagara, he owns all. He owns everything. He is the owner of it all. And when you get the owner of everything in your life, that's what prayer does. Why does prayer do that? Listen to me very carefully. God is the one who created the universe out of nothing. He is the one who turned Lot's wife into a pillar of salt. He was the one who split the Red Sea. He was the one who brought bread from the sky. Do you remember that? He was the one who brought water from the rock. He was the one who slew 185,000 Assyrians to save his people. He was the one who caused a virgin to conceive a child. He was the one who cleansed the leper. He was the one who healed the lame. He was the one who gave sight to the blind. He was the one who healed, who healed the deaf. He was the one who fed 5,000 with few loaves and two fishes. He is the one who raised Lazarus from the dead. He is the one who caused Peter to find money in a fish's mouth. So can I tell you right now, when you get that God involved in your life, nothing is impossible. See, that's the point right here. That's what prayer does. Prayer brings God into your circumstances. The owner of it all, the controller of it all, the omnipresent, the omnipotent, the one who handles and has all the power under the sun. When you pray in that name, in that authority, listen to me, because when he died on that cross, he took that dominion back from Satan. He said, it all belongs to me, Satan. And when my children come to me in my name, anything you ask, I will do. Isn't that what Jesus said? And so the simple answer to that is the very thing that changed a season of dryness to a season of rain was a God in heaven who shifted things around. Because why? He's in control. So that's what prayer does. Prayer, as I close this evening, is communication with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Don't take this lightly. Don't pray five minutes and think God is going to do a miracle for you. Because I believe that God is a God of justice. There are people who pray with earnestness, with sincere, who fast and lay hold of God. God will answer their prayers. And when God has dialogue with you, when God has communication with you, listen, beloved, anything God can do because He knows He can speak to you. There were times in my time of working, because of the nature of my job, I dealt with a lot of C-level, senior managers, CEOs, directors. That was just the job I was, I was working in. And these were people I was often in contact with. And there are times there would be people who will tell us things and they would say, you know, oh, my boss said this, my boss said that. And I would make a call to the director. I'd make a call to the uh, CEO. And the CEO said, no, 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 I, I told them to do it. 
and he would send them a text and they would just simply i remember years ago uh, uh, talking to a man regarding some documentation and and he said you know oh i'll get this done for you i'll get this sorted out and when you when we went in i began to talk to some other people and they were delaying it they were not doing it on time they were just playing you know games oh you come back tomorrow you come back day after tomorrow and so i had this this man's number but i i, I did not want to call him because i just don't want to 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 create a scene out of it and so I remember calling him up because I just had no choice and I said I need a decision right now and he was the general manager and I remember he said you know Mr. Gregory green light go ahead do what you need to do because it came from the top can I tell you're not talking to the downliners you're talking to Jesus the one who sits on the throne. What can anybody do to you? That's the kind of power prayer brings. Secondly, prayer is not only communication. Secondly, prayer is what triggers and moves God. Jeremiah 33, 3, call to me. Call to me. And I will answer you, show you great and mighty things which you do not know. Call to me. So you're not only communicating with the one who owns it all, who's in control of it all, you have the right and the privilege as a righteous believer who is doing right in the sight of God. Not a sinful, carnal, you know, righteous believer. You have the right to call him and he will answer. Prayer triggers God. 2nd Chronicles 7 14 if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray seek my face turn from their wicked ways I will hear from heaven forgive their sin and heal their land what triggers God what brings God down if my people who are called by my name would humble themselves what brings God down we know that in Elijah's case, it wasn't, it wasn't possible through men. What we saw, the rain, the drop, the, all that happened, whatever that transpired was a divine miracle of God. And the Bible is revealing to us what brings God down. His prayer. Call to me. If my people who are called by my name would humble themselves. You see, there are no shortcuts. Miracles are for those who believe God in prayer. The third thing that you would find that prayer does, prayer changes your heart. When you pray, God has access to your heart and God prepares your heart for the miracle. Abraham and Isaac, as Abraham is trailing on this mount, he's going up Mount Sinai, he's about to lay his son, he's about to slaughter this young boy and, and, and sorry, this, this youth, 
30, 40 year old man and as he's about to slaughter him, the Bible says an angel popped up and the angel said, do not lay hands on your son. And what did God do? He provided him a ram. What was God doing for Abraham? Preparing his heart. You see, there are things God can never do in our lives until He has prepared our heart. And prayer does that. Prayer prepares your heart. Prayer enables your heart to be changed. Prayer enables your heart to face and prepare it for what God has in store. And so the question tonight is, what makes it possible to come before God, to say a simple prayer, and to walk out a completely different person? What, 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 what God, I mean, you don't have to mantra, you know, oh, I'm a changed man, 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 and repeat that a hundred times. No, no, you just have to go before the living God. And there's power because, because when you pray, you get God involved. And when God gets involved, things change. But why does that happen? Because prayer is going to the top. Communicating with the King of Kings and the Lord of... It's sad when Christians are seeking worldly wisdom and not from God. Oh, this person can help me. That person can help me. Number two, prayer enables you to realize, beloved, that not only is God in complete control of everything, but prayer is the only thing with faith that triggers God. That triggers God. It is the only thing that triggers God. Are you with me? A person who doesn't pray can never move God. And thirdly, these are imminent truths. You go back and you study them. Number three, prayer changes your heart. When you're praying, God is preparing. So it took Elijah seven times because first time, second time, third time, God was preparing. God was preparing, but he didn't give up praying. And that is why when you pray, miracles can happen. I want you to bow your heads with me. Are you getting the God of all creation tonight involved in your circumstances? Tonight I'm declaring to you that you serve the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. The one who controls everything and anything in this world. He gives people free will. He gives us the freedom to choose. But I'm here to declare to you, beloved, that as a Christian, as an individual tonight, the only thing that moves God is when a person is interested in having relationship with Him. When a person shows interest in wanting to know God, 
in wanting to draw close to Him, in wanting to have real. That's why I said the thing that triggers God. You see, beloved, if all we do is we know people, you know, who are sitting on the top, and all we ever want is, hey, can you do me a favor? Can you do this for me? Can you do? But you have no relationship with them. How much can they do for you? But God is saying, if you would call to me, God is saying, if my people who are called by my name would humble themselves, turn from their wicked ways. Listen, beloved. There are things you cannot change, but God can. And it is your earnestness Tonight it is your earnestness in seeking Him that is going to change the circumstance. You may be praying for rain. You may be praying for drought. You may be praying for a season of breakthrough. But the only thing that's going to change the circumstance is prayer. Nothing else. No doctor, no lawyer, no, no one in position, no one in, you, you are better off sitting up and spending time with God in prayer. Three hours, four hours because that will not go to waste. And I want to challenge you tonight. That's why you can pray a sinner's prayer and your life can change because you invite God into your world. Are you inviting God into your world today? How much of time did you spend praying today? How much of time did you spend laying hold of God today? With all the distractions, how much time did you give God today? Let me ask you, how much time and then have you wondered why our lives are so in chaos? Because the amount of time we give to God produces the amount of time God can work in our lives. How much of time do you spend with God? Really? He's waiting. He's waiting. Would you stand all over this building? You come and find a place to pray tonight. Begin to talk to God tonight in this all, at this altar. Spend time with the living God. You speak to Him. Say, God, you know what? I'm going to make those changes tonight, God. Lord, I need to seek You, God, with sincerity. I need to seek You, God, with all that is in me, God. Would you stand as we sing this chorus? Oh, we proclaim you are. 
standing here, standing here in the midst of us. We raise you up with our praise, and as we worship in your throne, and as we worship in your throne, and as we worship in your throne, come, Lord Jesus, and take your place. Oh, yes. Give him praise tonight, church. Father, we thank you. Oh, Rebasi, Kaira, da 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 when was the last you can attribute an impossible situation that God had turned around? I can tell you, beloved, I sat back, I thought about a few things over this past couple of days. And I can tell you, in this time of COVID, from last year to today, I look back in my life, my family, and there's only one thing I can say, we have been tremendously blessed. Nothing to complain. I mean, yeah, things didn't go the way, you know, things, but I look back and I say, God, no regrets. No regrets. No regrets. And I attribute that 